Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we are joined by one of our favorite people in the Patriots media, Mike DeBate, the Patriot Maven from Sports Illustrated. We're going to be talking, of course, Cam versus Mac. Patriots training camp, and football is officially underway. It's a heck of a show, so buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has Pass. Wilson, quick throw, and it's here joined by one of our favorite people as i said already uh in in patriots media media mike debate just a great guy spags you were hanging out with him all week lucky guy over there in the media tent <laughs> big time big j journalist over there spags loving it uh and so it's been it's been a lot of fun mike thanks so much for coming man we appreciate it uh gentlemen my pleasure my honor to be here uh can't think of a better way to spend an evening than talking football with you fine people always great stuff yeah, we were we were sitting next to each other all week. Obviously, you got to know you on a personal level, which was which was a lot of fun. Um, I thought too is, I mean, besides the first day when both of us weren't in there, it's been gorgeous weather. Obviously, the one day we're not in there, we it poured and rained. But I don't think you can ask for a much better, um, I guess, past week in terms of you know actually seeing live bullets. Obviously, they put the pads on yesterday. It wasn't too physical, to be honest. And then obviously today back in shell. So. Um, Obviously, like to get our like we were talking about before. We've been down there last week and a half. Pat's kind of popped in and out. Keegan's been following along via Twitter and uh, in, glued in other to ways the laptop. Social media, yeah, glued to the laptop. So I think we got a pretty good understanding of, of kind of what's going on down there. So I, I think I'll, I'll kind of open this up for discussion. We can obviously give our, our I guess our two cents. And obviously, the biggest question heading into camp was the quarterback battle, right? Um, Cam versus Mac Jones. Um, I think through the first what's it. You know, seven days, six days that that we've been down there, Cam Newton looks like a much better quarterback. Looks healthier, looks more poised, looks more under control. And then you see flashes, which is great to see as a rookie. You see flashes of of Mac Jones, where you really you know see him to you know get out of his three step drop, get rid of the ball, go through his progressions. Very poised, where you're like, wow, this kid's going to be a really good player. And then like yesterday, sometimes today, you see and you're like, what were you thinking there? Which is obviously going to happen with rookies, but. Uh, I guess overall, everyone's thoughts on Cam Newton. Uh, like I said, I gave my two cents in. Curious to hear what you guys think. I think it'll be a much better product in the field this year. Mike, why don't you go first? Yeah, I completely agree, Ryan. Uh, Cam Newton definitely looks more comfortable under center. His footwork is better. He's moving the ball a little bit better. He's stepping into his throws. He's got more zip on his throws. To me, his shoulder looks stronger, and that's something that I know Cam has not used as an excuse and said that it wasn't a big factor last year, but there were mechanical issues that probably did contribute to some of the difficulties that you saw him with completing passes and getting the ball where it needed to be. But Josh touched on this today, one of the big upgrades with Cam Newton's game is he's finally understanding the Patriots offense a little bit better. He's understanding what Josh called today the why. In other words, why we do this, why the progressions, why the ball needs to be in this place at this time. 
the Patriots offense is so predicated on timing and that's where it's really based. And I think Cam struggled with that a little bit last year, whether it be because of the lack of the preseason or off season or whatever you want to say that uh, Cam didn't have the opportunity to get a full training session in with the New England Patriots last year, doesn't have that excuse this year. And quite honestly, he's playing like he doesn't need it. Has he been perfect? No, there have been times like even today where he struggled. He had a couple of interceptions, a couple of ill-timed throws, some questionable decisions. But overall, Cam has looked much better. I've really been impressed with what I've seen with Mac Jones so far. There are the rookie growing pains, folks. You're going to continue to see those, especially yesterday when the pads were on. Brian can tell you he had some uh, you know, issues with, uh, with completions. It looked like his timing was a little bit off. When the pads come on and the pressure comes on, it looks like he was having difficulty um, processing pro-level speed. Pat, I think I saw you tweet that out yesterday, and that's right on yeah. the money. I think that's exactly uh, the difficulty that Jones had. So right now I've been impressed with both. There's still a ways to go with both quarterbacks, uh, but they're both looking in the right direction. The quarterback needle is pointing up in Foxborough. Yeah, the bit. Sorry to cut you off, Pat. The best way I would describe it, you know, from my vantage point, is you can definitely see that Mac Jones is on, you know, the way to becoming what the Patriots think he can be, but he's not quite there yet. And Cam Newton's exactly where they think he can be, and that's probably why you keep hearing the the Cam's the starter. And even though they're splitting reps and Mac's even getting the majority of reps, um, you know, throwing the ball at practice. Belichick's always going to come back to Cam's a starter, and that's because they know exactly what they're going to get out of him um, and, and kind of just hoping as they, they progress forward that maybe they'll get a little bit more than what they're expecting. So I think the big thing is they know what they're going to get with Cam. Um, they know that he's more comfortable in the system this year. Um, he definitely looks a lot healthier, and, you know, like like Mike was saying, he's got a little bit more zip on the ball. He looks healthier. And he's definitely, you know, having fun out there and doesn't look to be confused at times, which I think we saw last year. You know, he's in command of everything. Um, and that, and that's the big thing. So I think they're comfortable with where they're at right now. And that's probably what we're going to, you know, see headed into the season is kind of the situation that we're looking at right now. Right. And, and you know, people will point to the fact that, oh, he's not accurate and he's been missing guys. And, you know, he struggled a little bit today with some of his accuracy and whatnot. But like. You know, Josh was talking after practice today, and and they said, you know, what what do you think about the way the quarterbacks have looked and so on and so forth? And he said, look, he goes, I don't care about, you know, stuff like that doesn't matter, right? Completion percent, we don't we don't care about that. I care about the way the ball is coming out, the way they're reading things, what they're seeing when they get out there. And he said about Cam, someone asked him, and I don't know who it was, asked him point blank, like, why do you think Cam's going to be better this year? And he's like, you could just see it. I can see it. You can see it. You can hear it. Like, he's not learning he knows the system. He knows what he's doing. He knows when he, what he's what is expected of him when he goes out there. Well, obviously, paraphrasing, but like you know, Mac doesn't know that yet. The in, the interception he had to Bentley yesterday in eleven on eleven, I thought was the most telling one for me so far because it was a I believe a straight drop, and it was just a simple zone coverage, and he threw it right to Bentley. And it was just like, how do you not know that, like, you need to know they're in zone coverage before you before you drop back? He threw it right in his numbers, you know? And so, like, it's stuff like that where he's a rookie. He doesn't get that yet. But on the flip side, and I think Spags mentioned it, or maybe it was Mike that mentioned it, like, you know, you see some of the flash from him. You see the movement in the pocket. You see the ability to you know, to shuffle in the pocket like Brady did and deliver a good, accurate ball. And I think that's stuff we can be excited about next year, right? And and if if Cam falters halfway through the season this, this year, maybe even the end of this year. But week one, I, I don't see how anyone should expect Mac Jones to be the starter week one. The, the telltale sign, too, is when Belichick was on that Sirius XM, and I don't know if you guys had listened to it, um, you know, just been kind of describing guys on his team and they obviously asked him about the quarterback position and spoke about Cam and how consistent he is. Good leader, brings a lot of energy. And they asked him, you know, he obviously went into more detail about, you know, kind of praising Cam. And then uh, obviously they asked him right about Mac Jones, the shiny new toy. What do you see from him? And, you know, no praise rookie national football league. It's a big jump from college to pro. I don't care who you are. That's the telltale sign right there that he's not going to play. Him. You obviously know his record versus rookie quarterbacks. I mean, if he, he he knows how good he is against him, he knows how to game plan for him. 
Um, I just I don't think there's any shot, and I don't really think. Obviously, that long summer, no no football really to talk about. You kind of start thinking he had a very good spring, so people start asking him the question. But I think when you go back to draft night, everybody was kind of on board with, hey, Cam's going to be our quarterback this year. This kid's going to learn. We see it all the time. These teams rush young quarterbacks, and it screws up their development. This is a five-year investment. You have so much time with him. I think the best situation for the Patriots is Cam plays well enough to put you in contention for the division for a wild card spot in the playoffs. Kind of get your, you know, some of these new guys their feet wet and some competitive football down the stretch. Mac Jones progresses and learns and, and just bit, you know, is a sponge, which we obviously know he is. It goes back to his days at Alabama sitting behind those two guys, and he's ready to take the reins for for you know next year. And like we said, the best case scenario would be Cam plays well enough to earn himself another job elsewhere and Mac Jones is ready to play next year. And I think that's the best case scenario. Right. Uh, and I think all signs are pointing towards that happening at, at least right now. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's honestly, to me, I thought that when we have, when we came into this situation, I thought that that was the most reasonable take, right? That cam was going to be the starter and Mac and listen, like I, people were like, well, you know, I thought it was going to be a QB you know, I thought it was going to be a race. You know, we were going to have an actual competition. It's like, well, we weren't. We're never going to have a real competition. Like, Cam was a starter. He said it the day he was drafted that Cam was a starter. Like, this has been the story the whole time. If Cam came out and looked terrible and couldn't throw the ball and Mac picked up the offense and could, then it was Mac's job. But Mac Jones had to win that job by, like, a legit landslide for him to even be considered to start week week one. And like I said, anything could happen, right? Like, we're only seven days in. I'm just saying from right now, from this perspective, there is no shot that he plays, I would say, even the first eight weeks of the season. Right. Uh, Because they're very winnable games. They have a kind of a cupcake schedule the first eight weeks, the third-place schedule this year. First time they've been playing that in, in what, you know, two decades, it feels like. So it it definitely favors, you know, them early on. I, I can't see Cam struggling. Like you said, he's looked much better. Obviously, you have to expect a much better product from him given his health, his, you know, comfortable, you know, how comfortable he is here and the pieces around him. Um, but another thing, too, I wanted to touch on, which I think is kind of flying under the radar a little bit in terms of Patriots camp. Obviously, Stephon Gilmore reported uh, when veterans had to report, you know, a few days before training camp to kind of avoid that $50,000 fine. He has been um, working out in the conditioning field um, kind of each day with with guys that are on the pup list and, and trying to battle back from injuries. Um, but I think this is a, is a point, and I had tweeted it out today, I think this team is, is so much better with him on the field, and it sounds crazy because it's one player and their defense is so loaded, especially up front this year. I think when you take him out of the lineup and you, you know, take him out of that role, it really sets defense back, right? Like JC Jackson, I think he's a, he's a number one corner. I think he'll be paid like one, whether it's here or elsewhere, that's yet to be seen. He's so good at his role. Can he play that number one? Probably, right? He'd probably need a little safety help from Devin McCourty. But then when you take him out of that number two role, you don't really have another number two outside corner, right? You, you, you'd hope it'd be Jawan Williams, considering you spent the second round pick on him. He's got the length of physicality to do it. You know how much Belichick likes to play that press man. He's looked horrible in camp. Like Nikhil Harry's toasting him on out routes. That's how you know how bad he is. He's getting beat every play. I think that Jalen Mills has gotten reps there in the spring and sometimes in, in the summer, but his experience at outside corner isn't great. And if you do that, you have to hope JC can play, you know, man to man the whole time. You have to, you'll probably have to have safety help with Jalen Mills. Uh, so I think that's the biggest issue right now is you don't have that number two outside corner. And this Gilmore thing seems to just keep dragging on and dragging on. And, and he, he looks healthy, I must say. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the only thing, oh. just real quick to counter that is, I think this is a great opportunity to kind of see what you do have. Like like you said, maybe Joan Williams hasn't looked great during camp, but at least he's getting an opportunity where last year, the year before last year, there was no opportunity. It was, these are the two guys on the field. We're going to cycle in the the wealth of, you know, slot corners that they have. They always seem to have like five or six on the roster for some reason. Those guys keep cycling in and then you kind of keep the guys on the outside. Now this year without Gilmore, you're cycling everybody through and at least giving people a chance to, to play and put something on tape, you know, to try to earn themselves a roster spot. Like I said before camp, I thought this was 
without Gilmore, even though they don't play really the same position at all, without Gilmore, this is such a great opportunity for Miles Bryant because they're going to be flipping people around and kind of plugging people in in a bunch of different spots. He's going to have a chance this year to to show that he deserves real playing time on the defense, you know, early on in the season to, to keep progressing. So I think it's a good thing that he's not on the field right now just because you get to rotate um, corners and stuff like that. But I think you're right. If if we don't see him after probably the week that they go to Philadelphia and practice with them and play them, then then you're starting to cut it a little bit too close for my liking. Agreed. I absolutely agree. And look, bottom line, with a guy like Stefan Gilmore, Ryan had the nail right on the head. You have that number one option. Even if you want to try to groom someone like a JC Jackson for a number one spot eventually, you still lack that number one presence. And for lack of a better term, Stefan Gilmore is still that. He's still the alpha in this cornerback room. So with all of the time that he's going to spend, maybe this gives him an opportunity to heal along, come along, get a little bit stronger, uh, work the situations behind the scenes out as well. Uh, but I agree. If you leave you know, too much time on the table, then all of a sudden it might become an issue. And then you have to start to wonder what's going on behind the scenes. And Ryan, you said this uh, you know, very, uh, very well, I thought, in your tweet and then just now again. You have to wonder what seems to be the holdup. Why are they having the difficulties that they're having trying to get things going? So hopefully we'll see Stefan back on the field sooner rather than later. Uh, right now it's not a concern, but it could be if this continues to linger on more than just another week or so. Yeah. And I wonder, too, if part of it is that, you know, they know he's not coming back yet. He knows he's not coming back yet. And they're saying, hey. You know, we're working towards this and we're kind of keeping in contact and we know what you want and, and everything else. But let's just wait until you're ready to come back because we don't need to announce the new contract and then have it be like, hey, I'm still I still can't play yet. Right. So, um, you know, I wonder if, if that's a situation there. I just don't I don't see any benefit in trading him now. I, just, I don't see it. Like, I guess I guess you could. They're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. So I guess you could say, OK, fine, we move on. But like. You just spent a ton of money in free agency. And yes, like you want to build for the next three to four years, but you spent a ton of money in free agency. You're not now all of a sudden going to say, well, yeah, we don't need to win this year. So let's trade our best defensive player. Well, the, it the just, problem is JC's up next year too. You know, you kind of right. have a decision. Do you want to tie that much money? I think JC deserves number one money. Not maybe not as much as Gilmore, right? But that's a younger player who you've homegrown. Well, it's a tough decision. Here's the issue, right? Here's the issue. We haven't seen JC as a number one corner yet, right? If you don't pay Gilmore this year and you trade Gilmore and JC slots in the number one role and he isn't really a number one corner, now what? Now you're screwed, right? Because, yeah, JC plays great as a number two, but you might look at him and say, yeah, you know what? I don't think he's really a number two, right? I don't think he's a number one. I think he's a great number two and he's a decent number one. And his money reflects that, right? And maybe he says, nah, I want the full boat so he leaves and you get a third round comeback for him. But what if what if Gilmore goes out? What if you trade Gilmore and then JC comes in and you're like, Yeah, no, he's not a number one. He is a number two, right? So that that's a concern for me at least. And so yeah, there's there's a lot of question marks as to as to what's gonna happen, you know. So but you're right. I mean, I think ultimately you do have to make that decision. I personally would choose Gilmore over JC Jackson. That that's me personally. I know what Gilmore is. I know he's one of the best players in the league. So I'm going to keep him and, and, and live with that for the next three or four years. And maybe I lose out on JC because of that, but like, so be it if that's the case for me at least, but for, I mean, you guys may feel differently, know, but that's how I feel. Kind of flipping it over to the other side of the ball. Some positive talk, some positivity. I think um, Nikhil Harry, I think, has uh and, and we can get into Aguilar too. I think he's been the most consistent and the best wide receiver on the field day in and day out, consistent separator, making plays down the field. But you almost expect that because of the money and, and considering he was kind of your wide receiver one at least going into the year. Uh but I think Nikhil Harry, obviously the 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 request to trade last time we spoke on our show, you know, we were kind of discussing the options with him. I think it's been his best camp so far. Um looks slimmer, quicker has made multiple plays down the field, right? Like yet yesterday when I was there with the first day of pads, he was a man amongst boys. He made mm -hmm. a be two beautiful catches on Jawan Williams and uh, Jonathan Jones in tight coverage and completely dusted Michael Jackson 
on three go routes, one of, you know, up the left and right sideline. His specialty, what you saw all over his college tape, right? We've talked about it for years. Why don't they give him more of an opportunity there? That's really the only part of his game that we know can can work. Um, but I'm curious to see what his role is. And I'm writing a piece about this now. I, like, like I said, outside of Aguilar and Myers, and maybe Bourne just because he's probably going to play in the slot, I don't think there's much... Um, you know, guaranteed at that position. I think it's pretty much wide open. I think Nikhil probably slots in as your number four right now. Uh, but when you're going to be heavy in 12 for, you know, 40, 50% of the game, I just don't know what his role is, right? Like if you want to go extremely heavy down in the red zone with the two tight ends and line Nikhil up wide and just, you know, kind of have fun and bully teams, great. How many times are you going to do that? Are you really going to invest a roster spot in someone like him? where you have loaded depth and competition all over, you know, and other positional groups like linebacker, corner, safety, all, you know, all these other guys kind of on the fringe. Are you going to ri- waste a roster spot on a guy that, you know, maybe doesn't really fit in your offense? Uh, but I think at least up to now, he's completely earned a role in this team. I think he's been one of the better and more consistent wide receivers we've seen um, has, has looked much better. Like I said, his releases, in and out of his breaks, winning those 50-50 balls that we've seen, you know, all over his college tape and we're waiting for in the pro game, I think he's performed really well. So I guess I guess I'll start with you, Keegan. What do you think his role is kind of going forward? Like I said, I, I think the only thing I can think of right now is hey, let's go heavy inside the 30, but how many times are you gonna get down there? Right? Like are you gonna waste a roster spot on that? Yeah, that's exactly, you know, where my mind would go, just because I mean I've never wavered. I've always thought that there's a, a way for him to be successful in New England. It definitely wasn't the way they were using him the past two years. Like, we all know that. And I've been pretty consistent. I think we all have. And when you get down to the red zone, you know, maybe it's not going to be two, three, four times a game like you'd like. But when you get down there, use that big physical body. Let him bully people. We saw it in Los Angeles against the Chargers. He bullied a cornerback, posted him up in the end zone, and ripped the touchdown right out of the air. Like, you, you've seen that he can do it. So... You know, when it comes to that and the the idea of do you waste a roster spot on a guy who can only do that? Um, I think with the amount of talent that they have, just overall on the offense and the target share that we've talked about in years pa- or in weeks past, the two tight ends, three maybe four tight ends, they're all going to need targets. The running backs are going to need targets. Like nobody's getting a ton of targets. It's going to be spread out. So there is a role for him. You know, in that two, three targets per game down in the red zone, let them bully people. Um, short-yarded situations on slants over the middle. We saw it today. Uh, the Patriots released a video. That's why I saw it. I mean, made a hell of a catch on a slant over the middle, kind of reached out for it uh, on a little bit of an overthrow by Cam. So um, in terms of wasting a roster spot, one thing that I wanted to touch on a little bit was why the hell is he not working on special teams right now? Like during, I don't know if he is, I haven't been down there, but during team period, like, why is he not on special teams? Why are you not making him play on every possible unit? You know, like you, you've done it with Brandon Bolden. What's Brandon Bolden doing that Nikhil Harry's not doing on offense, you know? So um, try to get, try to find a way to get him on special teams. Just find a way to get him on the field on non-offensive, you know, situations. And then maybe it'll blossom from there. Mike, why don't you go next, then I'll go. Yeah, Keegan, that's an excellent point on special teams. And Nikhil has taken a couple of snaps, but not anywhere near the volume that you'd normally see some of his colleagues doing out there on the field. Look, bottom line, I completely agree with Ryan and Keegan on this. I think that right now, when you look at what Nikhil is bringing to the table, and I've been called a Nikhil Harry apologist on Locked On several times because I keep uh, I keep saying that there's something there and there's something, you know, there is a reason why the Patriots chose to take him in the first round. The ability to make the contested catches, the strength, the, uh, the bullying ability that you can see out on the field, he has that. And I think you're seeing that in training camp this year. But, Ryan, you make an excellent point. Is that really necessary in terms of this team, the way it's constituted this year? You now have other receivers that are taking on roles. And in the 12-man personnel that the Patriots are going to be running, it's going to be so difficult for Nikhil to get the proper amount of looks, catches, and uh, really, I think, you know, put points on the board. So at this point, 
he is having a solid camp. I, I commend him for coming in, putting the work in, uh, looking engaged, looking solid, um, and being a part of this team, despite of what happened a few weeks ago, it didn't seem possible. But when you look at what he's doing on the field, um, you almost wonder if maybe this is an opportunity for him to showcase his talents and maybe the Patriots do end up trying to move him. But ultimately, if they do need to have him under contract this year, uh, I think a solid number three, solid number four would be, uh, you know, a definite uh, um, realistic goal for uh, Nikhil Harry right now, especially the way he's playing. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, look, I've always felt this way about Nikhil that like he has a very specific set of skills, right? He's like Liam Neeson. Like he, right. he can't do much, right? He's not your every down guy. He's not going to be running quick slants. He's not going to be running. He's going to be running by anyone. It's like, he's not going to do any of that stuff, but you need to use him to what he can do. And we saw it like three times last year. And he was successful on all three of those attempts where they were, you know, contested catches where he was asked to use his body positioning and, you know, his physicality to win. And he did. And it's like, why can't we just do that for him? Right. And, and I think that, you know, you're not necessarily wasting a roster spot. I mean, you look at it this way, right? Look at the wide receivers they have, right? Okay. Christian Wilkinson. Sorry, where's 17? He's out. He's gone. He's not, he's not going to make the team. He, where's 17? He's going to stink. It's just the way it goes. I'm sorry, Christian. It's, you know. Like I know you're kidding, but that's a guy who would take Nikhil's spot. Like he plays, right, he he's been playing yeah. on special teams. You know, no, and he would. That's definitely true. But he wears 17, so I'm skeptical. Um, but but um, you know, there's Gunner, and Gunner. I mean, man, he's got two left feet somehow. When he's out there, he's got he's got feet for hands when he's playing receiver, um, dropping balls everywhere. I don't know if he's. I don't know what the deal is with him. I'd love to see him put it together as a receiver. He's obviously a great punt returner, and he'll be on the obviously on the roster. But how much of a receiver he'll be, I don't know. And then you have Aguilar, Bourne, and Myers. So that so let's say Wilkinson makes the team. So you have four actual wide receivers and Gunner, who's a, really a special teams guy. Can you can you carry another wide receiver? Can you carry five wide receivers plus a kick returner? I don't know. Right? I, I'm not sure about that. Right. Um, you know, is it possible that Wilkinson gets hurt, gets hurt and, and ends up on the IR? Like, who knows? You know, so like, I'm not sure. Um, but I think that there's definitely something to be said for his skill set that he has. The other part of it for me is that if I'm the Patriots, I want him to play great in right now. Because if he plays great right now, then I can flip him for something else. You know, look at look at Philip Dorsett. Philip Dorsett gets traded at the end. You know, one of those, hey, it's almost cut down day. We're going to cut this guy. We're going to cut that guy. Let's just flop him, right? And and that's exactly what happened with Brissett and and uh, and Dorsett, right? So maybe that happens with with Nikhil and someone else. Hey, we're going to cut Nikhil. Oh, hey, we're going to cut this guy that you know you might have some interest in. So we'll just flip these two guys, right? That could happen too. So um, we'll see. I do think, you know, Zuber has made some decent plays. Like, there are guys out there. You know my boy, Trey Nixon. Like, he's not going to make the roster this year. He's buried. I mean, he's buried. He's not He'll even. come up limping in the third preseason game, and they'll bury him on IR. <laughs> you know? Right, right. And that's, A phantom you know, illness. It's, right. it always happens. Foxborough flu. Foxborough flu. That's right. Yep, that's right. <laughs> I, and I'll, I'll say one thing real quick, just because it's starting to get a little bit ridiculous on the, the stuff coming out of camp. It's. Christian Wilkerson looked great today. Isaiah, Isaiah Zuber looked good today. Trey Nixon made a couple plays. None of them pl have played better than Nikhil Harry. None right. of them will play better than Nikhil Harry. They're not capable of doing it. Just because you drafted Nikhil Harry in the first round and he hasn't been good for you doesn't mean that all these undrafted free agents have been better. You right. you just don't expect as much out of them. That's, you know it, it doesn't change anything. So you're going to take the more talented player, the guy who you – you know can play to a higher level than those other guys. It's just what's going to happen. So I think it's a little bit of a pipe dream for the Wilkerson people and the Zuber people that they're going to somehow find a way under the roster through special teams. It's probably not going to happen. They've got a, a wide receiver who can't play wide receiver and who's really good on special teams, and he's the greatest special teams player of all time. You don't need two of them. So for me personally, I've had enough of the Wilkerson and Zuber talk. It, Nikhil Harry's going to make the football team. It's just, it's just what's going to happen. 
Well, sorry, mic drop, mic drop. You slam Gronk's <laughs> back the mic now. Listen, I've I've never been more confident in anything in my entire life. That was a correct statement. That all of all of those Wilkerson and Zuber people are just they're in way over their heads. They're clouded judgment. Their judgment's clouded. Yeah, I mean, it's three different types of guys too, right? Like Zuber brings you that speed, and last year it was obviously useful because they lacked it so much, but you expect it. It obviously got better with Bourne and Aguilar. Aguilar is that guy. Yeah, Yeah. right? So um, it's certainly – roster cutdown day will be so interesting this year, like I said, and it's crazy when people – you know, and I guess because the quarterback play, you really don't know what it's going to get, but – for a team that won seven games last year, they have upgraded so much. There's so much depth and competition at certain spots. Like I thought Jawan Bentley, another guy who's had a strong camp. That's a guy who was, I think, fighting his way to make the 53. It, certainly fighting his way to, 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 you know, earn, earn consistent snaps. I think he'd ultimately find his way on the team. Obviously a team captain last year, but that's a guy who played that high tower role. He'll probably, like you said, Pat, the other day, that Landon Roberts, Yep. You know, third and short, they want to go heavy in the box. He's going to stop the run. That's his ideal role, but he's impressed in coverage. He picked two unbelievable picks, one on Cam Newton, one on Mac Jones. So uh, that's where it just gets, it's a numbers game. and It'll be kind of weird how they kind of flip-flop. But I guess back half of the show, um, staying on the wide receivers. And Mike, you've been there. We've talked about it kind of, you know, small talk sitting there. I, I think Nelson Aguilar looks like, the real deal, the, the, you know, everyone kind of made a meme of, of him, of him and, and, you know, made fun of the amount of money that he got. But I think when you look at that type of player and I'll start with you, Mike, cause you've obviously seen it too. They really haven't had a guy that can stretch the field vertically and be a consistent separator really since Brandon cooks in 2017. I mean, you saw how valuable he was. That guy wakes up and goes over a thousand yards. I mean, it's so hard for receivers to come here and produce cause it's so complex. He came here, what was it? 70 catches for a thousand yards. And it was the sneakiest of all time. I mean, it's, yep. and I don't know if they'll use him in that role. Cause I think cooks is a little bit faster and definitely a little bit quicker and can probably utilize him a little bit more, but at least you have that consistent separator on the outside that can help stretch the field, make that underneath game that we talk about all the time, right? For James white and John Smith, they've kind of used him in a Kyle use role a little bit. Kendrick Bourne make those guys jobs so much easier and open up the field a little bit. Um, but yeah, Aguilar, I, I think, Talking about consistent on the offensive side of the ball, I think he's number one on my list. Just brings it every day. He's made some nice catches. Um, people see, oh, he drops. You know, like a couple of his drops were just, they would have been ridiculous catches, right? But you see drop next to Aguilar and everybody panics. But I think he's, he's been really good. Guy. He'll yeah. catch it 80% of the time if he's wide open, but 20%. But those deep ball guys, they're going to have drops, right? Like Oh, all of them. Yeah, but them and, and he's got the reputation. Guys all the time because the, 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 the catch percentage is just so low. Man, yep. is that one video that what, as far as I'm concerned, that one video, I mean, that's, that's the greatest video of all time. We're catching babies coming out of the window. Not like Nelson, not like Aguilar. Like that's, that's but, it. That's the greatest video of all time. But before Mike goes, the fact that he's stayed in the league since that video came out is a testament <laughs> to how well he's played because that's enough to kill a career. That video going viral of, of having stone hands. That's tough. Yeah, it is. I mean, you gotta you gotta give him credit for hanging in there. And I mean, anytime you're able to weather through something like that and actually turn it into a positive, uh, that's that that's that's impressive. So hats off to him there. But uh, no, all kidding aside, uh, Nelson Aguilar has been everything as advertised and then some. And for the reasons that you described, Ryan, the consistent ability to get separation, uh, something that the Patriots have not had, and his ability to do that sets him apart from the rest. The vertical routes that the Patriots are going to be able to run this year that they haven't been able to run in years past is due to someone with the skill set of Nelson Aguilar. So you're getting the Aguilar that really, I think, had a pretty decent season with the Las Vegas Raiders last year. Not so much the slot guy that you saw in Philadelphia, although it is definitely possible that he can line up in the slot. He did it in Philly and did it actually pretty well. I think his hands have been a little bit more sure. sure. Again, Ryan's right. You see the word drop next to Nelson Aguilar on a tweet, and all of a sudden people are going, they're panicking. They're going, oh, my God, he's going to fall into the same trap. I really don't see it with him. Bill Belichick praised him uh, this morning in his uh, remarks to the media, saying that no matter what they seem to ask Nelson to do, he does it, and he does it well. And the mannerisms and the skill set that they're seeing from him 
is something that really uh, instills him with a lot of confidence. So I think he's done a great job, and I think he'll continue to do a great job. Uh, he does definitely give the Patriots that vertical threat that they've been looking for, and a good compliment to guys like Kendrick Bourne who are going to be on the side of him. I, I completely agree. And I'm going to actually, I think you two did uh, summed it up as, as well as you can, as well as, as possible. So I'm going to go to the next two wide receivers on the depth chart. And I think these two guys are going to re- like together replace what Edelman brought to the team, right? Edelman, you can't replace Edelman with one guy, but I think Bourne, Kendrick Bourne, who, who, by the way, anyone that's been at practice, like, how could you not love Kendrick Bourne? Like Kendrick Bourne's like now my new favorite player. Like he's just, he has so much fun on the field playing. It's just, it's awesome. It's great to see. Um, and he's working his butt off every time he's out there. Bourne and Jacoby Myers, they're going to live in the middle of the field. And Myers is unstoppable when he runs, when he runs those quick slants. I mean, it's unbelievable, man. So and and you're totally right, Spags. He's, he's a chain mover. So I think between them two, uh, I think they're gonna they're gonna basically take over the Edelman role, uh, where they're gonna be the short underneath, quick slant, you know, quick out, things like that. Um, that's that's what I think. But I don't know what you think, Keegan. But that's that's where I'm that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I think you know the both of them are very similar in the fact that neither one of them have elite qualities. They don't do a one thing particularly, you know, great or or very well. Um, something that you can point out, but they're both always open. Kendrick Bourne was always open for San Francisco. He was Jimmy G's security blanket last year. Um, and you know, in the red zone, you even saw like that was the guy that he would throw it up to and kind of take a chance with. But it, both guys who are always open, they they find a way to move the chains, like Spag said, and. Um, I th- I think Troy Brown touched on it today. Who's working with the receivers this year instead of the running backs? That Jacoby Myers is going to make his living in the slot, and he saw Edelman do it for two years, and he's picked up some of the things that Edelman did did well. So having a guy who saw Edelman, I mean, we talked about it before free agency even started with how you know, the great thing about the Patriots and what kept them successful for so long was being able to develop young players behind the superstars that they had. They did it at, at running back from Falk to Vereen to uh, James White. They did it at linebacker from Brewski to Mayo to Hightower. They did it at safety. They did it at corner. They're able, they're able to do it pretty much everywhere. So maybe this is a situation where you, you don't have the same exact guy. They, they've done it at slot receiver. How could I forget? You know, from Troy Brown to Welker, to Edelman, and then maybe to Jacoby Myers or Kendrick Bourne. Like, they find a way to replace those those spots, the successful spots in their offense. So I think having two guys kind of shoulder the load of replacing one of the greatest players in the history of the franchise is a good thing. Um, but I think, you know, once you get towards the middle of the season, you're really going to see Jacoby Myers kind of run away with that role and really make it his own. He's not going to be the same exact player, but he's going to fill the same role. Um and and I think he can do it very well. And Kendrick Bourne is the perfect. You need a guy to jump in for somebody. There he is. He can play outside. He can play inside. He can run any route on the route tree. He can do it all. So I think both guys serve a, a good role and have a purpose on this team. Kind of like I think almost... that speaks about Myers too. Like that quarterback yep. background knows how to find the soft spots. And then Bourne, here's my to do list for tomorrow. I saw a crazy stat. I think he has, you know, let's say 200 career catches. I think like 90 of them are for first downs. Like he's just yeah. a machine. Like, yeah, he's going to eat. He's going to eat. Well, he's all, he could almost take over the Amendola role, right? Where if Myers does kind of take over the Edelman role, then, you know, the, the Amendola role could then go to Bourne. So uh, we'll see. Right. But that, but that certainly could be a situation there. So. It's what they did with the, those three guys, you know, 2017, 2018 was they'd let it, Edelman and Amendola onto the strong side of the field and take up all that spot. And then you've got a fast guy and Chris Hogan on the other side, go run a post, go, go run a go route, like right. try to get open down the field, run a deep comeback. And if Brady comes from left to right in his progressions and has nobody, he knows that he can hit you on that comeback. I don't know if Cam Newton can do that. I don't know if Mac Jones will be able to do it, but they're going to be able to serve the same purpose. That those guys served, you know, four or five years ago. Agreed. Agreed. So I, I think that's it, Mike. Anything else that you've seen for practice that you think is noteworthy? I, I think Bentley Spags touched on it. Bentley's my guy, dude. 
when when he got drafted, they drafted another. Jeez, who the hell was the other linebacker they drafted that year? They drafted another linebacker. The kid out of Missouri. Was it Therese Hall? No, it was um, the hell was his name? He was like a fast guy. I can't remember his name. Doesn't matter. He stunk, and he didn't make the team. Um, but I was like, I remember doing the draft recap, and I can't remember who we had on. But he was like, that's the guy that's going to make the team. And I'm like, no. I'm like, Bentley's the guy. Like, he's the guy that's going to be there. Christian Sam. Arizona State. That's it. That's it. So, um, you know, I was like, Bentley's the guy. Three years, three-year captain at Purdue. Like, he's a Patriots guy, you know. And, of course, he gets hurt his first year. Last year, you know, I mean, he had 100 tackles last year, but he looked lost out there. But, like, and, and I've said this before, look at Kyle Van Noy. When Dante Hightower went down and Van Noy had to step into Hightower's spot, he looked awful. He looked terrible because it's not his spot. He can't do that. That's not him, right? So then Hightower comes in. Now he goes to his role, and all of a sudden he's great. I think you're going to see something similar with Bentley. I don't think Bentley's going to play as much as Van Noy did, but you're going to see something similar with Bentley where he's not Dante Hightower. He's not, he can't play that role, but he can play the Landon Roberts-type role, and Landon Roberts is a pretty good player for us, right? And so you're going to see a guy who's going to be a pretty good player as you know, sparingly, not on the field all the time, but sparingly out there, and he's going to make some splash plays and be like, "Oh wow, I mean, he's pretty good. He's not bad, right?" And I think that's what we're going to see more than, "Geez, that guy stinks," you know. So, um, <laughs> a, but we'll see. It's a completely different world when somebody's telling you where to line up and what to do than when you're the guy that has to tell everybody on the defense right. where to line up and what to do. Yes. You know, like they threw him to the wolves. They're like, "Hey, you're the head coach now. Go like if." Right. If they did that to a coach and the guy sucked at coaching, everybody would be like, "Yeah, it makes sense. He's he's not ready for it." So, yeah, um, I think you know, sliding him back into a role like a Landon Roberts you mentioned, and Landon Ro- right. Roberts, he was a good player, and by all intents and purposes, he's been good with Miami. But to find that guy to fit that role, um, they've always been able to do it. The like the the rotational linebacker on the inside, they've they've always had one, and I think Bentley's perfect for it. Yeah, I agree, absolutely. Anything else you've seen, Mike, from uh, from camp that you think is is uh, you know relevant? I should say. Well, when you talk about the defense, Pat, and I just wanted to touch upon the point that you made because I think it's an excellent one in that the Patriots now have the personnel to be able to allow these players to play their roles as assigned, to play their roles as intended. And when you have that, and you have the personnel to be able to do it, and everybody is executing the role that they can play best. It's a fun defense to watch, and I think you're going to see that this year. Josh Uche has looked great. He's been uh, a force in the pass rush. So has Matt Judon. He's going to really make, I think, a lot of waves this year uh, for the Patriots' pass rush and the linebacking core. The guy that stood out to me an awful lot, especially yesterday, was Christian Barmore. As a rookie coming in, the instincts that this kid shows is really amazing. In his first pro-level one-on-one pass rush drills, and Ryan can attest to this. He didn't lose a single one in his first five. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, when you talk about going against pro-level offensive linemen, he made them look like they were moving in reverse. And, you know, as the day continued, he continued to win his battles up the middle. So I love what I see from Barmore. I think he's only going to continue to get better. He has the opportunity, and I don't think it's going to happen right off the bat, but he has the opportunity out of a lot of the rookies that they drafted, maybe out of any other rookie, to be the first to crack the starting lineup on a regular basis. So I've been impressed by what I've seen with him so far. And, you know, all around the Patriots uh, uh, line, we haven't seen much of the lines because of only one bad practice. Looking forward to seeing that progressing this week. It's going to be fun to watch these two lines because I think the O-line is really upgraded, and I think the defensive line is going to be a lot better than they were last year. Oh, I agree so much. You know what? You know, one guy that stuck out to me at the pad of practice yesterday, or Tuesday, I should say, um, was um, – ooh, that's a good one too by the kickers. Uh, Penny Jennings. Penny Jennings, they were running – Anthony Jennings, for those mm-hmm. for those of you uncultured people out there, Penny. His, his name has to be his nickname has to be Penny. I mean, it has to happen, dude. Like I, you know, someone needs to contact him and be like, "Listen, your name's Penny now." But anyway, <laughs> um, so Penny Jennings out there, and they were running just they were just running a drill with the uh, running backs, a tight end, and uh, a wide receiver, and it was really simple. And it was like, all right, you block the you know you block the D end. And the running back has to read to the D end and the, the, the wide receivers have to go block the, the D back, right? That was all it was. He was he was just blowing every single play up. And I know it was a one-on-one and whatever, the running backs running. 
it doesn't matter. Like he was unblockable in that against all of the tight ends. Um, and I was, I was extremely happy to see that. Um, and so again, does that mean anything? Maybe not, but, um, it's the first time I had really seen him one-on-ones and he was doing awesome. So, uh, that was good to see now, again, whether that means anything or not in the long run, I don't know, but, uh, but I was happy to see that with him or a guy who I feel like disappointed last year a little bit. Um, so we'll see another situation where they put a guy into a spot that he had no business right. playing. Right. If that, if his hand's not in the dirt, then he shouldn't be on the field. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I agree. It's pretty simple. So one question here from our, from our boy, Cody about the kickers. Uh, and you guys can attest to this. You obviously were there a lot more than I was. Uh, Quinn Norton has an absolute cannon for a leg. The question is how accurate is he going to be? What I would love to see is for Nick Folk to play zero downs in the preseason. He should play zero. There is no reason for Nick Folk to even touch the field. This is a situation. I mean, Spags talked about, uh, about, you know, uh, Mac having to win the job over Cam. This is a situation where this is Nick Folk's job. It's 100% Nick Folk's job. And the only way he can possibly lose it is if this kid comes in and is phenomenal. Because we all saw how good Folk was last year and how consistent he was last year. And yeah, if if you're, you know, you're asking him to kick past 45, 46, it may not go in. But it doesn't matter because everything from 45 in is good. So, you know, I, I think... For for me, at least, I want to see this kid kick because yeah, he's got a great leg, but can he be accurate with it? That's the real question. And I've been I was excited to see him. I saw him kick a few times, heard he boomed some, um, but you know, it's just really a question of whether he can be accurate or not. I don't know what you guys saw. If you guys saw him another, yeah, that's another guy they'll hide on IR. I think that's the kicker of the future. Um, obviously, get some experience in the preseason. Uh, Nick Folk's job, I think he was one of the bright spots for them last year. Um, and, and Norton will eventually take it over. Um, but that's a guy that they'll probably try to s- sneak on the practice squad and, and groom for next year because folks getting up there. Yeah. At 38. Yeah. I Again, I think with folk, I, you know, you look at the consistency, you look at the reliability and the experience factor, and it does factor in. Uh, Norton is still very young, but again, he does. He's got that rocket for a leg that just really impresses everyone that uh, that watches him. Um, Cam Ackard uh, uh, was on the, uh, the, the media availability this morning and talked a little bit about uh, Quinn and talked a little bit about his work ethic, saying that, you know, still a ways to go, but they're impressed by his leg. They're impressed by what he can bring to the table. So I agree with Ryan. I think they're going to try to stash him, but uh, hopefully, uh, you know, there's uh, there's a way that uh, that they can uh, work it out because this kid definitely has the distance. Someone can get his accuracy harnessed. Uh, I think they really have a, a, a real hidden gem there in Quinn Norton. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So we'll Good see. Good spot to end it. Kicker talk. I like it. I like Nothing it. better. Oh, one more question from from Cody about Sony and uh, and Damian Harris. I think Damian Harris is clear clear cut RB one, right? Yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. I think uh, with Sony, I think that's a guy who can give you eleven to, to eighteen touches per game. Can help kind of take the load off of Damian. Um, and you have a you know Harris has kind of struggled with you know the style of runner he is. He's going to get nicked and bruised. Um, so if he were to miss time, you obviously know Michelle can kind of handle that lead back role. So I think it's a it's the best of both worlds. I mean, will he be here next year? Who knows? Uh, I thought he was kind of a, maybe a surprise cut early on in camp, but I think he looks healthier first time in four years. He didn't start a camp on pop. Uh, I think that's a guy that, like I said, he'll have some sort of role um, probably in the 11 to 15 touch range and, and still, you know, touches for you fantasy football lovers and Damian Harris. Yeah. I've been yeah, happy again. with explosiveness. <laughs> Yeah, again, Sony is another one that I've been called an apologist for simply because I was one of the few that uh, uh, projected him as a possible target uh, for the Patriots in the first round in the 2018 draft when they picked him up. But uh, look, Sony's running with a bit more power, a bit more purpose in his drills this year. Um, he's got good bursting speed through the line. Really uh, uh, had a, ripped off a nice run yesterday, and David Andrews kind of like you know yelled at him and said, that's it, that's what you got to bring to the table. So I like what, the, uh, what I see from him. I know ESPN is predicting their bold prediction that uh, the Patriots might unload him, but I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago for SI. I think when you have that type of talent, especially knowing that Harris is prone to maybe getting dinged up a little bit, 
uh, you definitely want to keep him on staff, especially with what the LA Rams are going through now with Cam Akers. You can never have too many good runners, and that's going to be the bread and butter of the Patriots' offense this year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as much as they're going to run the ball, I mean, <laughs> this there's not enough running backs again. out there. Yeah. Yep. Although, did you see what Ivan Fear said about Ramondre Le? It was fantastic. They're like, what do you think Ramondre is doing good? He's like, well, he's been here every day, which is great. Other than that, he's going to work on everything else. <laughs> I was like, that's so good. So uh, he may not be ready this year. He might he might be getting the old the old red shirt, uh, yep. the old red shirt year. So, but, uh, but anyways, this is a great show. Listen, uh, Mike, I'm gonna let yourself. I'm gonna let you plug you uh, in a bit. But uh, you know, locked host of Locked On Patriots. Listen, we all anyone that listens to the Pat's Public Feed knows Mark Schofield. Mark was the old host of Locked On Patriots, and you know, Mike, I think you've you've done a fantastic job, kind of taking over the reins there. Uh, have kept the show going and is just as good as it was. Um, you know, if not better, I won't, you know, we can't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bad mouth Mike, it, uh, um, um, <laughs> Mark, but you know, it's, it's great. It's just as good as it was before. It has, well, it has not lost one generous. single step. Uh, and, and it shows because now here you are working for sports illustrated too. So, uh, it's, it's exciting times, but you know, ha, you know, I know there's a few other places, so, um, you know, give yourself a little shout out here. Let people know where they can read you, see you, hear you, and everything else. Well, thank you, Pat. I appreciate it. And uh, a little over generous when you say the show is just as good as it was when Mark was doing it. That is a big shout out to Phil, and I, I relish it and I embrace it. Uh, the total poster hanging on the wall in the Locked On Studios will never come down. It'll always be up in his honor, and I hold Mark in the highest regard. But uh, if you do want to check me out, uh, as my good friend Mark Schofield would say, you can check me out on the Bird app. There's my uh, uh, Twitter handle right there, M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L. You can catch all my written work. Camp recaps, analysis, opinion pieces on Patriot Maven of SI, and of course, each and every day on the Locked On Patriots podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Beautiful. Love it. Thanks so much for coming. We appreciate it. And uh, next week, fellas, we'll be here Thursday night after the first Patriots preseason football game. Oh, baby. Live takes. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.